Welcome to Authentically Me. This is your host, Megan Signs. My purpose is to bring you real, raw, and honest conversations to help uncover the vulnerability in all of you. New episodes every Monday, so leave the judgment at the door because it's time to get authentic. You guys, this is my favorite month of all, Sexual Assault Awareness Month. I'm going to be talking about how to reconnect with your body as a survivor of sexual assault. The reason why I am here on this earth is to redefine the way we view trauma. We have the definition incorrect. The trauma response is a sign of strength. It is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign that your neurobiology is adapting to threat. It is not a sign that you're broken. So this narrative that we're getting fed that we're broken is scientifically false and we need to redefine trauma. The greatest thing you can do to heal trauma is to feel. The way out is through. So don't suppress your emotions. They're teachers, friends, protectors. Sometimes they offer bad advice and when they do, talk back to them. Remind them that you're safe here in this moment. So I want to cover the eight different places that trauma is held and stored. You may know this as a somatic experience. Unprocessed trauma is stored in the body by having unhealed emotions that are never dealt with and they accumulate stagnant energy. And it can eventually cause disease, tension, etc. So each body part is tied to an emotion and signifies something greater. We definitely lost touch with this as a thinking society. So this is called emotional decoding or mapping. One of the practices that I'm certified in is a Reiki master, and I love it so much because it heals these parts of the body. The jaw is one of the first places. The jaw is also connected to anger. That is why if we feel like we have a lot of anger, you might grind your teeth at night or clench your jaw or feel just really tense in like that area. The next place is the feeling in the back of your eyes. The back of the eyes, when there is pressure and tension, it's because it's connected to sadness or tears. So some people have so much built up repressed sadness, they can't even cry. Then there's the throat. I see this so much in Reiki sessions. The throat as far as trauma is concerned, is linked to a connection and a need to be heard. Connecting with needing to speak, needing to get something up and out through the use of your words. This is undigested emotions. Then there's the chest. A lot of times people will say, I feel like there's an elephant sitting on my chest. I feel the pressure and the tension in my chest. The chest is connected to grief and unmet needs. A lot of trauma survivors have this as well for multiple different reasons. So you're mourning the experience, you're mourning your innocence, your voice, and your body. You're grieving who you were and the body that you once had. Almost every Reiki session, people say they feel like they can't breathe and it's just so healing and relaxing after. Like you could just tell they're renewed and it's amazing. That's because all of that has been released. So next is the shoulders. The shoulder area is often connected to hopelessness and burden. So carrying around those burdens from the past, carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, feeling hopeless that you're unable to do anything about it. Oftentimes, and even in my own experience, I see survivors carrying this weight that it's their fault and there is so much guilt and shame. And then to communicate that to family, it's honestly just a lot to carry. 
Then there's the actual breath, the diaphragm area that's connected with fear, fright, helplessness, and threat. Now, you know, there may not be no logical threat, but there's an inner threat from those experiences from the past, which is what keeps you stuck in the fight, flight, freeze, and fawn mode. Next is the stomach. The stomach is often connected with the gut and anxiety, that gut feeling or intuition, that feeling that something is off or you feel like you're going to throw up. Then there's the fingers. Usually these clench or they shake. This is connected to the fight or flight response. I'm sure a lot of you have heard talking about your past trauma is the most effective form of therapy and healing. This is a very dated phrase. In the late 90s and early 2000s, there was a large advancement in medical technology leading to more accurate neuroimaging of the brain. Around this time, we saw the emergence of studies that proved that recall therapy, which is recalling or talking about past traumas, did three things. Number one, it drastically activated in the amygdala, the fear or threat center in the brain. Number two, it decreased activity in the prefrontal cortex, the talking and thinking part of the brain. And number three, it exasperated symptoms such as anxiety, depression, and PTSD. Plain and simple, just talking about your trauma can actually be more harmful than helpful. The science also shows that we're a bottom-up beings, meaning that 80% of the information messages sent through our vagus nerves are from body to brain, and only 20% are sent from brain to body. Bottom line, the ancient wisdom of the body will always trump our thoughts. The research also provided that the explicit memory center of the brain, the hippocampus, deactivates during trauma, and the trauma is instead stored in the implicit memory centers of the brain, emotional memory, muscle memory, sensory memory, and automatic memory. This is why healing must first take a bottom-up approach. So by focusing on the body, regulating the nervous system survival response, deactivating the amygdala, and processing emotions... So until this happens, the top-down approach of cognitive processing, the thinking and talking is counterproductive. As a trauma-informed holistic coach, that's exactly what I'm trained to do. I empower women to heal their trauma, trust their body, and explore emotions. I have honestly done both versions of healing. I think that is very common. I started speaking about my story, which was actually beneficial for me. It helped me get the information out and just up and out of me. It made me feel seen and it also helped me learn rejection and an understanding around how everyone reacts differently. And that's okay because my story is still my story and all of my feelings are still valid. However, it wasn't until I learned body healing that everything changed in my life. I started following Tantra healers and just learning about different ways to get back in my body. I learned about yoni massages and yoni dearmoring and how these things release trauma. These are the things that aren't talked about enough. It was actually when I was taking my course to become a Reiki master practitioner that I truly began my healing in my body. This was the first time I was aware of the energy in my body and how my sacral chakra was so unbalanced, how PCOS manifested in my body because of this unhealed trauma around my sexual assault. 
So sex is already so stigmatized around women needing to look and feel a certain way and that only men can bring a woman pleasure and all of the shame and guilt involved in the bedroom. And so when you add that on top of a sexual assault survivor, it is so overbearing. It's like, where do I even start? And I'm here to provide the answers that I never got because you cannot find this information anywhere. I think now it is becoming more aware but it's very hard to find. For me and any survivor or client I have worked with, it's really learning to trust yourself and your body. Trusting yourself can start so simple. It can be you simply choosing what you want to eat and that's trust because you trusted your body to make a decision. There were so many times that I would have sex and I wouldn't say no or stop because that was taken away from me. I didn't know how It took a lot of practice and a lot of courage for me to try it and see what the other person would say and also realize that I own my own body so I can stop and I can get up and walk away. I couldn't even imagine experiencing a sexual encounter again because I was always in my head. It's hard enough to get my body to trust one person. So I really had to start small I sat with myself and I started from my first sexual assault. Yes, there are multiple. And I journaled my emotions, what energy I was giving away that I could provide for myself to others. I journaled about my childhood. I looked at the dark sides of me and I saw what repeating cycles kept coming up. I started to work through shame and guilt and just expressing myself and not being ashamed of it, of diving full force into feminine mind, body, and soul. Because I have sexual trauma, it was really important for me to rewire my brain to like see pleasure and desires and sex as something that wasn't shameful. I spent time with my body, and if you haven't listened to the pleasure episode, then you definitely need to. I touched every part and not even sexually, but I got to know my body and what I liked and didn't like. I practiced communicating out loud with myself first so that I would be confident when it came time to do it with my partner. Once I had a grasp on who I was and what my body enjoyed, then it was practicing trial and error with my partner. It's also working through the uncomfortable. I was explaining this to a client the other day when they stated that they had a lot of anxiety. So she was basically running from her emotions. Anytime she felt anxiety, she would jump to the next thing that would help her an energy cleansing session or, you know, whatever it might be. And she already had everything she needed to help her. It was her own body. I compared it to my own experience of being in breath work and feeling like I was having a panic attack and it shocked my body into the same response I had after I was sexually assaulted, but I stayed in that moment. If you have ever experienced breath work, it is literally insanely wild. There are so many different types, but the one I did was in the mouth and out the mouth. There's like the three breathing in the nose and out the mouth. I was literally stuck. Like my hands were clenched in like this. I don't even know how to explain it. All four of my fingers were on top of my thumb and it was just stuck there for like an hour or however long the session was. And you just feel like all of the energy moving through you and it's like paralyzing. Like I was literally freaking out. And even if you stop breathing, like your body does not go back to normal. It's not till like after you stop and then you calm down and then your body's back and it's just insanely wild. This is a real life example of what I mentioned earlier about the eight places our body holds stress and trauma in the body and how the diaphragm is connected with fear, fright, helplessness, and threat. 
my body was going back into that place, but my instructor was so good. Um, so I definitely recommend doing it with an instructor. She helped guide me through the breathing and I knew after like it was so worth it. I was so incredibly healing to be able to get rid of the emotions that were like so far buried down. But if every time I stopped breath work, as soon as I felt like I was having a panic attack, then I'm never going to heal that stored emotion in my body. So you have to want to get uncomfortable. My body also knew that it was ready to heal before I even did. So just listening to your body is huge. I started a vocal class when I moved to Spain. I've always been so shy about singing and expressing myself to others. I wanted to heal this and singing and music brings me so much joy. I had no idea how powerful this was until I attended a womb training and they mentioned that the jaw is connected to the womb and it is so powerful and healing to sing. My body was ready to heal my sacral chakra. As my vocal classes went on, I could feel my confidence growing with my body, my voice, and my womb. I felt so in touch with my body. Also, dancing is another one and that is super healing for the sacral chakra. It creates movement in your hips and flow throughout the body. I created a list of everyone I needed to apologize or things I had lied about, and I told the people or wrote it down and burnt it. And you could not imagine how much weight I lost because of all of that trauma was stored in my body, and I seriously felt so much lighter and so much better after that. So you could also try doing that. If you could relate to any of this, then please apply to work with me one-on-one. The link is down below in the notes section. And remember, you need to feel to heal. You need to get back in touch with your body and your body holds all of the memories. Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to always create a safe space to be vulnerable in. And if you benefited from this episode in any way, the best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your team. Or even better, drop me a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, I love being a resource to you on Instagram at Heal with Megan. I can't wait to share space with you all again next week. Sending you all love and healing.